0: Welcome to Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with Science Advisor Matt Moniz and Psychic Medium Stephanie Burke. We're here to talk about the paranormal, as we are each and every Saturday night, and we're, you know, we're pretty excited. I can feel, I mean, I know tonight, like, everybody's not really excited. People are feeling all kinds of different ways tonight, but overall, we're excited. Okay. It's, I haven't turned you up yet. Oh. I was. this. I had my finger on it, but I hadn't turned you up yet. I still Uh, can't hear. But we're excited because it's that time of year. Yes. I mean, it may not feel like it yet, but it's it's the spooky season.
1: I feel like it's close enough.
0: I mean, we were lucky enough that the past week or two, really, we've had a bunch of days that kind of felt Mm fall-like. Certainly a bunch of nights that felt fall-like. Definitely. So that's enough to kind of get us in the mood. Stephanie, I saw you announced another event, so you're going to be all over the place.
1: I am. I'm excited to uh, to travel a little bit, not as much as I'm used to during the fall season, but uh, just to be able to get out to see some people and to some really cool locations that I've never done before.
0: And so I think, you know, it's it's kind of official. We can, we can call it Halloween season now.
1: Oh, I start like August 1st.
0: Well, so there's, there's a lot of discrepancy about... You know, controversy, Um, trying to think of other ways, other words to use for it. But, you know, I hear a lot of people that get angry at us Halloween folks because we don't see a problem with all of the Halloween stuff coming out in August. And here's the thing. It used to be that we had our fair time in the sun. But they stopped doing that. And I mean, I know the last couple of years, eh, you know, because I haven't really gotten a Halloween costume. And if I did decide to get a costume or something, you know, it's usually going to be like a week or two before Halloween. And I've gone to go get a costume. And it's like by that point, stuff's on clearance and most of it's gone because they're already putting out Christmas stuff. Yep. So we lost our season Mm
1: -hmm. to
0: Christmas a long time ago. And it's only been maybe the last maybe this year, really that we started moving our time into the summertime so that we can have our fair share and we can have a couple of months of...
1: I see nothing wrong with this. Yeah,
0: I I, I don't... It should be Halloween goodbye. year long. Well, I mean, there's no reason why it can't be because it's not... Halloween is not a particular observation anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, Christmas is still an observation. There's still the actual observed... Right. You know, Christmas mass for those who are, you know, religious and and for even for those who aren't religious, they're still, you know, having your Christmas gift on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve whenever Mm -hmm. you do it. But there's still all the associations with that day. Uh, The associations with Halloween have become less and less and less about October 31st. You know, the kids still probably go trick or treating on October 31st for the most part. But think about how many towns have said, well, we're not going to actually trick or treat on Halloween because if it's a school night, we're just going to do it on the Saturday before, you know. Mm -hmm. And so there's the actual day itself hasn't mattered as much anymore. You know, Halloween parties happen not on the 31st, but, you know, the week before, sometimes the weekend after or what have you.
2: So sometimes through the whole month. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, and we've done stuff through the entire month of October with an emphasis on Halloween. So I think it's, you know, to the point where it's gone beyond a single day observation. And if you go beyond a single day observation, why do you even have to stay in a single month or even a single season? You know, you can kind of stretch that out and, and have it be whenever.
1: I vote for more Halloween all the time. I am happy, though, that growing up as a kid, it was the 13 days of Halloween on Freeform and now it's the 31 days of Halloween. So that at least extended itself.
0: It, but don't they just run the same stuff over and over again?
1: No. Not always. Like, sometimes it was, but, you know, some repeats, some well, I, I repeats.
0: I don't mean the same stuff, like, you know, from day to day to day, but certainly the same stuff year to year.
1: Uh, from year to year with a few uh, exceptions. So, like, they will add new stuff if new stuff does come about. But I do have to say that... Uh, this year they did end up adding the Halloween towns which were Disney exclusive for a while
0: doesn't Disney own that channel
1: I know but it was like Disney Channel exclusive only for a while so
0: I think it's just to I think it's just to give you a taste of it so that you like it and then you'll order Disney plus
1: I don't know well only some of them are on Disney plus but I understand what you're saying
0: well that's inexcusable if you have your own network now just put it on there.
1: I know, but some things are not on there.
0: Moni's scariest Disney movie you ever saw? Black Hole. Th- that's probably a good number two, but I would say, for me, Watcher in the Woods.
2: I, I don't think I saw that one.
0: With like an old, decrepit Betty Davis and uh, and, and Nurak, you know, writing Nurak on the wall, Karen, oh, oh spoiler alert, Nurak is Karen backward. <laughs> if you saw the movie, you would get it. But How about,
1: um, how about Bambi? That was pretty terrifying.
0: That just has that just has a, a it was sad, yeah, it was awful,
1: it, and like that's how the movie started. So how do you even get into the rest of it? Yeah, I mean, I don't Why know a- if King I would call that. was the same way.
0: I don't know if I'd call those scary though.
1: Well, when you're like five and watching them.
0: But I mean, you know, it wasn't Halloween until you saw like the dancing skeletons that right, right, in that right. cartoon, and uh, yeah, so.
1: Or how about like those really cool Happy Meals that used to be at McDonald's that are no longer available?
0: The plastic bucket. Yes. With the those the so, ghosts. So and people the witch people don't realize that, but weren't those supposed to be like McNugget characters? As those. I don't know. As those creatures. No, no, the McNuggets, the McNugget toys looked different. Right. So, but yeah, no, those those buckets. So, all They're
1: right, amazing.
0: Let 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 let's let's get a little trick or treat inside <laughs> stories here. When you went trick-or-treating, yes. what did you use to collect your candy?
1: Not a pillowcase.
0: Why are you going to ruin my story? <laughs> <laughs> did you use those plastic McDonald's buckets? I
1: don't know if I ever used a plastic McDonald's bucket, but I remember the really old bags that were like plastic that were decorated on the outside that mm-hmm. like clipped at the top. They had like the hard plastic um, top to them. So I definitely used that, but my mother definitely kept dumping my candy into like a shopping bag so i could just keep going with an empty bag
0: so the because you couldn't use the plastic buckets no because they glue in the dark right glowed glue Glue. glowed
1: i don't know they glowed in
0: the dark and they (coughs) they were terrible like you just look like a super dork carrying one of those mcdonald's glow-in-the-dark buckets really yeah, I mean, if you're five, it's okay. I was little. But I if you're really if you're you know an older kid, like
1: super cool, like you is what you're saying.
0: Well, I was I nine. I, I'm sorry to say, a lot of my Halloween costumes were not super cool. But you just would look stupid carrying that glow in the dark bucket, and you would feel so embarrassed. And also, like all your friends would be like, "Oh, you can't get a real Halloween bucket. You gotta get one from McDonald's." But then again, when your other option was just probably what Moniz had to use, did you have to use the stupid plastic pumpkin? The the plastic jack-o'-lantern. When I was a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the McDonald's ones were classic, though. They were definitely cooler than those. But what what did you use for candy? Like, what was your like go-to thing for collecting candy?
2: Well, when I could get rid of the little plastic bucket, I went with, yeah. The old pillowcase.
0: Pillowcases were the way to go. And what you did is you had, if your parents were still trick-or-treating with you, which as we all know, you didn't want to have happen after like the age of seven, but if it had to happen, you made the parents stand back with the larger pillowcase. And then what you would do is you would dump your pillowcase into their pillowcase so that when you went up to the house, it looked like you had just started and they
2: would always feel bad and give you an extra few pieces of candy. I remember going a few times that with a paper bag that had the the handles through it, um, like uh, it was kind of like a uh, wound paper handle. What? So, yeah, I. I it they they were colored, and yeah, stuff and Halloween colored then, type of but
0: thing. Yeah, then they started getting into the glow in the dark stuff. Like when I was a kid, like all of a sudden we're worried about safety. You know, we got to start. Start. That that was the worst. Is when you went out in your like all black like vampire costume or whatever it was, and then somebody's like, "Oh, you have to stick this reflective sticker on your costume." Like you just ruined the entire aesthetic.
1: No, no, no. You know what ruined costumes was those years that it was freezing cold and you had to put your winter jacket over them <laughs> or wear a turtleneck underneath
2: or it rained. So that I was... mean, at least
1: an umbrella didn't cramp the style as much as a puffy winter jacket. True. And like gloves and no, hat I remember and...
2: it snowing one. Year. Yep. So
0: in 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 the in Halloween of 89 I was one Batman was you know the biggest movie in the world and I went as the Jack Nicholson Joker I got the makeup kit at the store and I was so excited because <laughs> it was the first time that my parents let me buy a makeup kit <coughs> normally I had to like wear a plastic mask you know the the old Ben <laughs> Cooper masks that like yeah. cut into your face with the elastic yeah. that dug into your ears yep and um so I I bought the makeup kit and I was so excited because my mother let me buy the hairspray, the colored hairspray to put into my hair. And and I had I had long hair at the time. I probably had a mullet. So I I didn't really have like a suit to be the Jack Nicholson Joker, but I put on whatever I put on and I did the makeup. And I probably didn't look anything like it, but I felt like I did. And I put the hairspray in my hair and I wanted to borrow. My mother had this fedora, no, cowboy hat. That you, I'm sure Moni's. You had a few of these in your lifetime. You would get them at like the the Brockton Fair, and it was like the 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 straw looking cowboy hat that had yep. like the band yep. bandana yep. around it. And I forget. I think hers was like a Bon Jovi one or something. And so I I took the hat and I took the bandana off of it, and I wore that as like my Joker hat. And she was like, "Don't you ruin that hat? Don't you ruin that hat?" And it rained. Oh, so and the green all soaked her- the hairspray. Uh. Changed the color of the hat. She was furious. So, oh boy! But it was supposed to be my best Halloween. Turned into my worst Halloween. But you know now, like kids don't even try anymore.
1: No. I mean, do you really have to? Because everything kind of comes assembled for you.
0: No, like they don't even bother. Like so. Really. So the last few years, I I see. I have a rule at my house: if you don't make an effort for a costume, I don't have to give you candy.
1: See, but there's a lot of exceptions to those rules that I think are are acceptable.
0: Uh, no. No.
2: What? Like yeah. some five or six year old, the mom or dad just slaps this little thing well, like and then marches little, them around. It's little, not the little kids, kids I, fault little that. kids, I don't, I don't apply it to.
1: I was yeah. gonna say, like, if you're like a grown teenager to, yeah, out I'm with talking, your oh, friends, okay. it's I different. should specify. I'm yeah, talking about. Because I'm the, thinking, like, what if they have special needs and they don't like putting on a costume? No, but like you can, like, you can yeah. tell when somebody's
0: right. in that situation. Yes, and you know, no. like you can. No, but they, they still, they're still trying. Right. They're still yeah. trying to be involved in mm-hmm. it. You know, uh, it's 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 not just them walking up to your door and being like, give me a treat, mm-hmm. you know, like you can tell when they're still right involved and excited and part of the moment. And I should have specified I'm talking about teenagers.
1: Right. Well, uh, I wanted you to specify so that way nobody else at home took it. that way. I
0: really don't have a problem with a group of teenagers going trick or treating mm-hmm. if they're trying. Mm-hmm. So don't show up at my house and a pair of pajamas and a sweatshirt. And I'm like, what are you supposed to be? And you're like, I'm a baby. No. Does
1: that still happen?
0: Yes. Every year. That's and weird. and I have to say to the same girl, I was like, you know, that, that wasn't really a costume last year. It's still not a costume this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and I don't. You know, what, what are they going to do? They're going to, you know, toilet paper my house, egg my house, whatever. I'll hose it off. I don't care. Like, I believe in. Halloween that much that I will stand up for what I believe in to a bunch of punk kids. And I will say to them, listen, punk ass kids, like you come to my door looking for candy. You give me the momentary nostalgic thrill of seeing you in a costume, Mm -hmm. you know, like dress is something that I wish I had thought of when I was your age.
1: I don't know. I think, I mean, obviously my brother's younger than I am, so... I trick-or-treated with him for a while, and I think at one point in time, like, we were older, and we tried to go trick-or-treating. I don't think I dressed up. I think I was one of those. You would not
0: have gotten candy from me. I might
1: have put on, like, I don't know, a headband, or I don't know. But then there was the the one year where I took my friend's kids.
0: If you came to my house with just a headband as a costume, Mm -hmm. I would take candy out of your bag
1: why it's like a decorative headband like a cat headband or something
0: and fight me go ahead and try to take my candy that's almost mocking no it's not that's almost mocking that means i don't want to
1: look dumb with a full costume on and get made fun of
0: oh if you're too good for a costume you're too good for candy
1: i did dress up like a ladybug one year and brought my friend's kids and um that was the year I realized that everybody thought they were mine. And I was like, I am way too young to have had these kids. So maybe I should stop
0: going. <laughs> I mean, I... I, So in all seriousness, when people put forth the effort, mm-hmm. like it just makes it that much better. So you know you can come to my door not wearing a a costume of course i'm gonna give you candy i'm I'm being facetious Uh uh-huh especially when i get really bored of answering the door especially when i get really (laughs) bored and i just leave the candy out on the front step and i'm like take one that doesn't happen i know but whatever uh oh oh and i i have a i actually have a porch this year
2: you do what about the adults that really get dressed up going around with their kids i've seen you know uh, so that's fun, but they're
0: not getting candy.
2: No, but I'm saying some adults do take it seriously. I remember what when I was living in another place, a family came up basically as like a little Star Wars cast. The dad dressed mm-hmm. in a Chewbacca, the little kid was dressed up as you know Luke and whatever. And people like, go to your house? No, in okay. another house I, <laughs> I was, was like, living what? at. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't care if you're giving away full-size candy bars. It's not worth trying to get to your house to knock on your door. No,
2: no. and uh, I don't even like walking down my driveway.
0: No,
1: I've seen creatures.
0: But I actually I actually used to give away full-size candy bars. You were that guy. Well, I had to. Okay. Because if I didn't, I couldn't get little kids to come to my door. Oh, really? I did such a yard display that oh. like kids would mm. walk down my street and start screaming.
1: That's horrible.
0: No, it was great. We had We had the strobe lights going. Mm-hmm. We had the, the music and the fog machine, and Matt Costa came over to my house every year and would dress up mm-hmm. and he would like jump out of the trees and That's horrible. You know, he, this one year he went out and got like this all-black costume, like even with like the, the face is totally covered, so you're totally lost in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he realized that like with all the fog lights, uh, with all the uh, strobe lights and everything, there was like really nowhere for him to hide, that you couldn't see that he was there. Yep So he started Pretending like He was animatronic Because I have Other animatronic mm-hmm. Things in my yard So he would just Stand there And like He would like Reach out And try and do it Like all robotically mm-hmm. And everybody would be like Oh look at this guy Oh look Come over here Take a picture Take a selfie oh, Take a picture of me With this thing And Like he, like once he had them Believing that he was Animatronic That's when he would Just be like "Ah!" And grab them And freak them out It was so good
1: I feel like you can't Do that nowadays
0: <laughs> Well, one year, one year, I I had a, a pickup, my old Dakota pickup truck, mm-hmm. and it was it was broken, and it was up on it was up on jacks in my yard, so, and we kind of didn't want people to go near it because it would have came down, so one of the things that we decided to do is we we put a body under it, mm-hmm. and then we knocked one of the jacks down so it looked like the truck came down on top of somebody, and then mm-hmm. we put like police tape around it, and it kept people from, from going around it. That really freaked people out because okay. they thought it was real. <laughs> And I'm like, why would I be like, somebody's dead in my driveway, crushed under a truck, but just walked by them. It's a great time
1: to, to hide something like, like that. Like, the
0: candy's so important that I said, you know what? Call the ambulance after all the trick-or-treaters are Right, done. right,
1: right. It's serious. I've dressed up for the past couple of years. i got to get my theme going this year because I try to match my, ch- my child while they go out. But the past few years, there's been so little trick-or-treaters in my neighborhood that everybody was giving me candy, too. So we had double the candy. Of, More than what you start with. Right. And like <laughs> my and, daughter didn't know what to do with it because she was so little. She just likes hitting the, the doorbell and saying trick or treat. So I had all this candy. I was like, here, does anybody want some? Like, what do I do with this?
0: So uh, my son does not like candy. Mm-hmm. Never has. Uh, so he would go trick or treating and he would come back with the full bag of candy. Mm-hmm. And we would go out and we always overbought. Mm -hmm. because we didn't want to run out and so he would come back with all this candy and then we would have all kinds of leftover candy so we would just be taking like the candy that he went and collected and giving it back to the neighborhood kids you know like here this is from your parents you know like uh and it was it was nice because you know people could come and get like a ton of candy so they Mm -hmm. always would would come but the downside of it is is like you then realize that the you know the maybe the one year he doesn't go out and go trick or treating now you've just got what your supply is mm-hmm. and you are you have the reputation now of being the over generous house so <laughs> now when terrible. you're like you can take three yeah they're like what I always used to be able to take like a whole handful right like sorry I have to We're space cheap it now. out <laughs> well and the other thing too is I had to work so many years on Halloween mm-hmm. that I stopped doing the yard right and then when I stopped doing the yard. You know, people... And then I, I got really angry one year because it, it was so windy that I couldn't keep... Because I don't set my yard up. You know, I'm not like Aaron. Aaron sets his stuff up like a month before and runs it every oh, yeah. night. I'm not like that. I I wanted to just do it Halloween so that it's a surprise. Mm-hmm. And then you also don't have to worry about it every day. <laughs> and Like Aaron
1: with his storms.
0: Right. So I, I basically would just set it up around like 4 or 5 o'clock. Around 6 o'clock, kids would start trick-or-treating. And they'd be scared and surprised. And so it got to the point where that particular night, everything was blowing away. Like even stuff that I have that stakes into the yard mm-hmm. was blowing away. So I, I basically was just like, this is it. This is the last year. And Liar. then, well, the year after that, I wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then my son started bringing out everything himself and he started doing it. So then I felt bad and I was like, okay, we'll do it one more time. But it's, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, I if I had it my way, like, I would do my whole house inside as, like, a haunted house and let the kids walk through my house. But, you know, you can't do that now anyway. But even then, like, you don't want to be the weird people that makes kids go into your house on Halloween. Right. I mean, there was always people and always houses when I was younger because we used to go trick-or-treating in my parents, my mother's neighborhood that she grew up in. Because, you know, we lived in different places. We'd move around. And she wanted us to go to people she could trust So right. we would always go back to her neighborhood But there was always like the one house That you didn't knock on their door And yep. you know, my parents would be like don't knock on their door We don't We don't want whatever they're giving you mm-hmm. And then uh, there was the one The one house that always Gave you a dollar's worth of pennies In a <laughs> plastic sandwich bag
1: I don't think I ever get pennies That's a hundred yeah. ass pennies
0: Yeah, That's a heavy bag of pennies to you drop into I your candy bag
1: I used to hate the popcorn balls or um what else did i get like boxes of raisins apples and i don't i don't know if i forgot an apple maybe i did
0: i mean i didn't like the people that gave pencils yep but jen used to give the goodie bag with a pencil in it so you would get a pencil but you'd also get candy too yeah so like that was fair enough i thought the other the other weird thing that somebody gave away one year when I was, when I lived on the Cape, I lived in Sandwich. Yep. And the person gave away um, like workbooks. Like you could get it like the Christmas tree shop, like those little flip yeah. like workbooks. They gave away like you got a piece of candy or whatever, but then you also had to take a workbook. And oh. I'm like, I didn't want homework Yeah. from Halloween. <laughs> but then, you know, I mean, some of them were fun. I, I got one that was a Mad Libs. So that was kind of cool
1: i trying to think of what else I used to get that was just strange. I don't know. If, I think Maddie got some weird stuff, too, but I don't know.
0: My my grandfather had a trick. Yeah. When, when we would come back to their house, when we would trick or treat at their house, he had this trick where he would tell us that he had some sort of special magical ability mm-hmm. that he could tell which candy was poison and which ones weren't. And so you had to dump out your whole bag of candy in front of him, and he would root through them all and be like, that's poison, that's poison, that's poison, this one you can have, this one's poison. And uh, and I think it took me like three or four years before I figured out he was just pulling out all the ones that he liked, mm-hmm. and then sticking me with the stuff that he didn't like, which was fine, because he liked old man candy. Yep. Uh, like, I'm sure Reese's is not poison. But he never took those ones. Yeah. You know, he 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 took the ones that I didn't want anyway. Like like cinnamon fireballs. Ooh. Screw that.
1: Oh yeah, I remember those.
0: Worst worst candy to get on Halloween. What do you think? Almond Joy. Really?
1: Mhm.
0: Eat like even the little fun and three, size ones. Yeah, and
1: three Musketeers.
0: No. Three Musketeers were one of my favorites. What? Yeah. No. Three Musketeers are fantastic.
1: No. Nope. Those were my absolute like. Nope. Take it back.
0: What What was what was your least favorite Monies to get?
2: Yeah, a lot of the time it was just the, the wrapped hard, uh, sugared, you know, odd flavored type of thing. Back in my day, they just that's what they would. It would be the stuff you find wrapped what you're up in your, is old, your old candy.
0: For him, was yeah. like rock candy, and that was
2: it.
1: <laughs> no, rock candy was amazing.
2: No, it's just sugar. Yeah. It's amazing. Just just a thing of sugar. You know, like the Werthers originals type of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Werther's originals. Or like the, I am the ones that
1: had the uh the, the painted like strawberry wrapper on it that looked yeah. like a strawberry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those were, <laughs> some of those were actually really good.
3: Some no, were they're really good, na- they're was, good like, now. No, back types. in the
2: day that yeah. That those are the ones that I'm talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Regular so, chocolate type of things were better.
0: Biddo honey? Nope. Nope. That nope. yeah. Mary Jane's? No. <laughs> nope.
2: No. Zagnuts.
0: Uh Zagnats were fun because you could do the Beetlejuice. Yeah. Hey, 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 I got something for you. That's like, so weird. That's <laughs> that's the scene in like, Beetlejuice like, Yeah, it is.
1: I want that candy just to do that. That's like, the only thing I would anyways. do with
0: it. I don't know if I ever ate it, but uh but yeah, the bit of honeys, the Mary Janes, he always took those. Matt Costa, if I asked him right now what's the worst candy we've ever gotten on the, Halloween, I already know what he would say type of things. Well I already know he would say fortune gum.
2: I don't think I fortune
0: gum was absolutely disgusting.
1: I feel like I had it.
0: First of all, it's wildly offensive now.
1: Let me. uh, It was
0: super racist. (laughs)
1: Let me Google it.
0: (laughs) Once you see it, you'll be like, "Oh, I had that. It's disgusting." Um, And then you know, I was not a fan of fireballs. I don't really like cinnamon.
1: Fortune bubble.
0: Yeah, fortune bubble, not good. Uh, It's like the second. No, it's the worst gum.
2: You know what the second worst gum is? ones you used to find in the playing cards
0: no i actually didn't mind those um uh, if the if the pack of cards was old enough and it was like all dust and and crumbled like right, that so wasn't good but
1: i want to know why i googled fortune gum and actually the first thing that pops up is this instead
0: cat butt gum because because fortune gum probably tastes like cat butt <laughs> why oh okay. so why? so fortune gum far away fortune bubble far away the worst gum second worst gum though fruit stripe yeah with a zebra <laughs> yeah That i
1: kind of liked it but it, for it 10 seconds, seconds. Yeah, yeah for 10 for seconds, seconds. <laughs>
0: it's the best gum in the world well, like, for 10 uh,
1: seconds Chicklets aren't terrible or, like what were the teeny tiny pieces that were colored but those those weren't chiclets were oh, they? those are
0: chiclets
2: they no were? are you talking looks like little pebbles yeah,
1: but they were perfect squares and they were all bright, like neon colors. Yeah, that's chiclets. Is it?
0: Then they had they had
2: uh, mint chiclets that were all white. Okay. Well, chiclets were oh, larger. Yeah, yeah. I think the one she's talking about the the little ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, the teeny ones.
2: Oh, I don't remember those. <laughs> and they were hard as rocks until you got them they all chewed. They're so good
1: though.
0: And then uh, the, my, my mom used to chew a gum in the eighties called Chools, that, that when sounds horrible. when you bit it was like a it was like it was like a. Uh, you know those like round lollipops that like it lo- it's almost like circular it almost looks like Jupiter. It's got, it's like a circle and then it has like a, an outer ring around it. You mean yeah. Saturn? Saturn. Um <laughs> so it's almost like <laughs> oh it's almost like
2: dum-dums meant. is on sometimes the, the shape that they're referred to. No, but of-
0: I'm not thinking of, I'm not, it's that shape, but I'm thinking of the ones that were like a powdery yeah, kind of talk thing. Yeah,
1: I about like you can chew into them.
0: So the the chewels gum was like kind of like that only square. Okay. And it had like that powdery exterior. And then when you bit into it, it had like, like some weird jelly in it that squirted
1: yes. into That's your disgusting. mouth. Yes,
2: I remember that stuff. No. So gross. But bazooka
0: now, bazooka on the other hand, that was, that was my jam. And Double Bubble I loved Hubba Bubba Hubba Bubba's good yeah
1: Double Bubble was No But um, The Bazooka yes But remember like The little cartoons That came mm-hmm. in the Bazooka
2: Bazooka Joe. Alright well we have So half hour sp- spooky snack coast here <laughs> oh we'll go That's on with the this
0: only way to go we'll continue on with this discussion and we'll take calls you can call in later on and tell us your favorite and least favorite halloween candies as well but we have a guest that we're going to bring on uh with us right now here because uh we talked a little bit about it last week and we we didn't really get too too deep into it but i want to kind of uh, find out all the particulars uh, here because as we mentioned last week Maplecroft is for sale the home that Lizzie Borden lived in after the trial and after she was acquitted of the murders of her father and stepmother so we want to bring in the realtor who is working with Maplecroft LLC to help get that sold so let's welcome Suzanne St. John to hey the program. Hey
4: everybody how are you?
0: How's it going how are you? Good.
4: Good. Kim, wonderful article that you thank wrote. Thank you, thank you. Very, very nice job. Perfect.
0: Now, the the first question that I have is, because it would totally ruin the whole conversation, it hasn't sold in the time since uh, since we, we spoke started speaking, right?
4: It has not yet, okay. no. No, we've got several interested parties, and I've got actually a showing tomorrow morning at 1030. So, yeah, I mean, uh, there's definitely some activity going on.
0: So now with this property, you know we've we've followed it. We've we've kind of uh, been involved in the journey from the time that Mister. Doobie owned it, and people were trying to get in there and trying to get um, not not just access, but but try to get it to be the beacon of history that it could be that it, it wasn't for so long, and you know the question is now i don't want to get you know we can get into the business side of it uh, you know and and what it was that, that 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 donald was trying to do there we can get into that in a moment but just in terms of a restoration of the property how far along is the property now in kind of a, a full restoration happening
4: have you seen the pictures you I saw ha- i think you posted some of the pictures i yeah. have yes I mean, it, it's- there isn't really that much more that needs to be done. I mean, some, um, maybe some upgrades as far as electricity, a little bit more, you know, so that they could get maybe central air or something in there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't actually know if they would be able to do that, though, um, just because of the historic integrity of it. So I'm not sure how much they would actually be able to do. But um, they did do plumbing. They did upgrade some of the electrics. Um, it could probably use a little bit more, like I said, as far as, um, central air or something as far as like air conditioning.
0: Um, but other than that, I mean, it's in pretty great shape. So, I mean, compared to where it was, you know, 10 years ago, it's, it's amazing. I mean, my question was going to be, can we call it fully restored? But I, I mean, I would based on the photos that I've seen it, it's, it's night and day compared to where it was.
4: A hundred percent. I, I did not see it then but i've heard from a lot of people what it looked like and i mean it was just a disaster just a disaster and um I, I can't even imagine i mean i would love to see if somebody had some pictures from back then but i haven't seen them so i i can only go by what i've heard and where did you actually see it back then or i did, I did not
0: but i do believe okay. i believe the herald news had a story when Mr. Duby owned it. I think that there was a Herald News story that had photos of the inside. And because mm-hmm. I remember specifically seeing, you know, the nice, beautiful fireplace that you have that there's a great shot of on, on the website. But then, yeah. you know, I remember seeing that as like basically the wall over the fa- fireplace just falling apart and being able to wow. see like the bones behind the wall. Not literally bones, oh, no. but the, you know, the 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 board work behind the wall. And cool. so it's it's, you know, to me to see where it was and to see the way that it was i don't want to say abused but certainly not maintained neglected yeah it was uh, uh, neglected is probably a fair word and to see how much effort first christy and and then donald and and the llc have put into that i mean it just goes to show that it's you know it's not the home that it was that that people remember being for so many years around fall river
4: No, it is truly a masterpiece inside. I mean, somebody that had uh, taken a look at it the other day, um, a couple of buyers from Boston, and they were just like, you know, it's just like this beautiful museum in here. You know, everything is just period pieces and just well-placed, and it it is. I mean, it's just awe-inspiring when you go in. I mean, it truly is a walk back into... Um, the turn of the century, you know, when Lizzie Borden was there, when Lizbeth Liz had lived there.
0: And so now the question is, you know, with all the the stuff that Christie first tried to do and then the LLC was trying to do, uh, can it be a a money-making venture for people there? Can they turn that into a bed and breakfast, a museum, whatever it may be, but is is it now... You know, does it? Because uh, I, I believe it had to get a variance, right, to be able to be a, a, a commercial property.
4: Yes, there, there, there's definitely some um, legal footwork, some you know footwork that's going to need to be done. You know, because since it was never used like that, which is kind of unbelievable that it never was, um, it definitely is going to have to have someone that is going to um, work with the uh, local governments and maybe state governments to get it, you know, with different um, zoning and codes uh, that need to be changed uh, to make it what they want to be. You know, we're hearing from one of the attorneys that it could be a bed and breakfast because if it's under five bedrooms, you know, five bedrooms or fewer, and it is owned by um, the proprietor, only one, not a LLC. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, you bought it, you know, Tim Weisberg buys it, uh, buys it and opens it up. It possibly could be because it's you, if you're just using five bedrooms or fewer and you are the sole proprietor and you live there.
0: And uh, one question that I had is, as you know, looking in the photos, the, the, the carriage house, I guess, is what it would have been, but now it looks like it's a two-car garage. Is that, has that been made into a place where somebody could stay?
4: It is not yet, but I've heard, you know, people, that's an idea that people want to do with it or make it into, you know, a small, maybe gift shop. Mm-hmm. Um, it could, or somebody had, you know, said that it, uh, like what you just said, you know, have it, could it be a, um, a place to stay? You know, if somebody's too afraid to stay in the house, they can stay in the carriage house, which would be absolutely beautiful. Um, I don't know if you've ever peeked inside or actually have been to Maplecroft yourself, but um, it, there, it, there's definitely something you could do with it. Now, when Lizzie Borden, when Liz Beth owned it, um, and I call her Lizbeth because that's what she wanted to be known as. You know, she was Lizbeth of Maplecroft. She didn't want to be Lizzie Borden anymore. She, she wanted to distance herself from that uh, when she moved into Maplecroft. And um, she was one of the very first people in Fall River to be able to own a gas-powered car, to be able to afford a gas-powered car. And she would drive this gas-powered car, which also at the time had a gas pump in the carriage house. Oh, wow. She would drive into the carriage house. She would park on this big wheel, and a, uh, one of the housekeepers or footmen would turn another wheel and spin her car around so she never had to back out onto Front Street. She could just drive right out.
0: And with, ha- with having that there, you know, if somebody did want to run that as a, as a bed and breakfast, they could put the business office in there, the gift shop, they could stay in there while people were staying in the house. You know, it gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of how you're going to run the property. Absolutely. Now, uh, what about, what about um, just in general now, uh, without it being zoned as a bed and breakfast right now, what, do you know what the fire capacity is to have in, inside the house?
4: Uh, actually, no, I don't. That's a good question. I'm be- going to write that down.
0: Because I mean, I um, know, I know, wasn't the the LLC? Weren't they kind of utilizing like a, a um, an Airbnb type format for people to be able to stay was, there
4: for VRBO? Yeah. Okay.
0: So yeah. I mean, and, s- somebody could do the same.
4: Oh yeah. I, I mean, it's 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 a by owner, so why not?
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's it's one way to kind of, I mean, I know things are kind of and weird right now with COVID rules. But.
4: You know, so what, it wasn't categorized as a bed and breakfast, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, they basically stayed there. Um, it was 6.50 a night, um, two-night minimum. And we had several groups stay, not big groups, um, but, uh, yeah, it, 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 several families um, utilizing probably three bedrooms you know at a time doesn't matter how many they use you know they're paying the 650 a night so
0: right yeah you you, you can do what you're going to do if if you're coming in there to stay in there if you're coming in there to you know film a little historical film or whatever it is you're doing or maybe a paranormal investigation you know it's all kind of covered we under we
4: didn't there. allow that really um, we kind of had yeah no we didn't we had that in the um verbiage on vrbo that there was be no filming or paranormal groups um, because a lot of them were um, are uh, for-profit and so they just um, and, and I think okay, that, I can see that people at Lizzie's wanted to kind of maintain some just make sure that people weren't running around and being disrespectful more or less
0: sure and they're a lot less likely to bump into something if they're not running around in the dark for four or five hours
4: Sure. It helps,
0: helps maintain the integrity of all the great antiques in there. Uh, so, so then, um, uh, one of the things then about this kind of going forward is, uh, for people to understand how much work was put in just from the time the LLC took over. I know right away they had to put sprinklers in. So like there's, there's been work that's been done even since they took it over that has only increased the value of the property.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, they put in the full uh, sprinkler system. Um, there was a lot of, they, they did put in a temporary ramp, um, but they took it out. Um, there's appliances, air conditioners, furniture that was purchased. Um, they did the uh, improvements on the, the back deck. Um, that alone was over a 100000 um, So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of things that you really, you don't see, you know, it, it's all part of the, the whole, but I mean, you wouldn't notice, you know, like a new, sprinkle, new sprinkler system, you know, right. but it's there. But you're thankful so, it's there if you need it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: So, and, and when you and I were going back and forth uh, for the story that I wrote, you know, you would mention that it just was a matter of, you know, that, that, that Donald doesn't want to have this, You know, this big project still to undergo without his son being there to help with it. And it's just one of those things where and I know I talked to Leanne uh, a few weeks ago and it's it's probably not, you know, talking out of school to say, you know, it's been tough for them at, at the second street house with everything that's been going on. So, you know, you can understand if you are running a business, even though these are two separate technical entities, you're still basically running the same business. And you know you need to kind of focus, and if 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 two places draws away your focus too much, then of course you get rid of one of the places. So it it seems like it's you know um, not really. I mean, I, I want to use the term you know that they're kind of reluctantly letting it go because I know how much it meant to them to get it, but they also yeah. are doing it with the the utmost of respect for the situation to say you know somebody else can step in and probably put their time into this better than we can.
4: And I, I think so. I, I, tr- I, I think that's, that's definitely the case. Um, it, it, it's just a shame, you know, and, and it, that, um, that COVID happened, you know, but it did. And it really just shut the world down. And it shut them down when they were starting to make progress. I mean, I had had um, probably about a year ago um, had just like an open house for the area politicians. So people could start coming in and then the then mayor, you know, Jay-Z O'Crea, um, Carol Faiola, um, just all of these people that would help to be able to move it forward. And then all of a sudden, you know, everything just kind of crashed.
0: So, I mean, I guess that's another yeah. part of the story is that the 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 governmental leadership that was keeping Christie from being able to get things done the way she wanted to get it done.
4: Has changed.
0: Yeah, it's not the same, you know, as she was complaining, you know, this, she she basically alluded to it being like a good old boy network ki- kind of thing. And mm-hmm. she being an outsider, they were never going to make it happen for her. They had every reason in the world to want to make it happen for Donald and, and Leanne and, and the LLC. But, you know, now there's a new regime in there that probably is just focused on, hey, whatever can bring in some business for Fall River is good for us.
4: I, I hope so, I, and I, I do think I do think that that's coming down the road very shortly. So, um, you know, again, as soon as things start opening up and and somebody is able to start doing the the push up the push ups that need to be done, it it's, I think it's going to bring it to some place that it has never been before, and it needs to be added to. Um, The area attractions, it needs, you know, like I said, Lizzie's, um, Lizzie Borden brings in thousands of visitors a year. And, you know, when we, again, before COVID, um, we were doing tours at Lizzie's, you know, starting sometimes from 10 o'clock in the morning to uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, every half hour and every tour was probably 20 people. And, um, you know, do the math. And so just, oh, and that's seven days a week. You know, we, we only close twice a year. So a lot of uh, money being brought in. Um, people are curious. You know, people go from uh, Lizzie Borden's. They go to the um, drive-by Maple Cross. They go to Oak Grove Cemetery. They go to the Historical Society and then to other area attractions, you know, down to the, the battleship and... Um, always asking for, you know, where can I eat? Uh, you know, where's. And then we've got so many great places, you know, in Fall River that they can go to. So it really just brings in a lot, and people don't realize how much it brings in.
0: I mean, and you might get somebody interested in buying it that's not going to be looking to turn it into a business venture. You know, they're just like, I love this house and I just want to live there. But they have I to do. understand yeah. that if that's the case, you are now stewards of part of the Lizzie Borden legacy, and you know you're going to have people stopping out in front of your house and taking photos all the time, and well, just
4: like Lizzie Borden did when she right. lived there, mm-hmm. you know.
0: So, and you're going to have people that are going to be pressuring you to, to, to let them in anyway. to, you know, this, this place should be a museum. So, you know, I think a lot of people will kind of keep that in mind anyway, when they're shopping, like they will have that kind of, hopefully that mindset of, you know, like Adam and Amy told me for the article, you know, it should be a place that's open to the public. But then again, if you're paying the money for it, it's your place to do whatever you want with it.
4: Exactly. I had somebody that was looking at it and said, do we have to keep the furniture? And I was like, oh, wow, um, I never thought about that, you know? Um, no, of, of course not. They don't. You know, they can buy it without the furniture, you know, but that tells you right there that it's not going to um, mm-hmm. be Lizbeth's house anymore, you know?
0: Now, is any uh, is any of the furniture that's in there, has that been able to be tied back to her, or is, all, is it all just period pieces that have been brought in or, or replicas? It's all
4: period pieces. It's, it's pieces from um, this, the... Uh, Uh, late 1800s early 1900s but it is it is all
0: original to the era none of its replica no no okay and and so you are with the purchase price of what 890,000 that comes completely furnished with everything that's in it correct so if you want to sell off the furniture you could probably make back some of that money but you know you you might as well just take it as is and then you don't have to worry about moving (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then you just move your yeah. clothes and that's it. Uh, that's it. <laughs> is
1: a lot of the interest that you're getting for the home uh, paranormal-related or Elizabeth-related, or do you have people that just want to live in Fall River?
4: You know, a little bit of both. I mean, I literally just listed this last week, and I have some great people uh, out of the area, out of state, that are looking into it. Um, They are both medical professionals, but they are also ghost hunters as well. Um, And what they, you know, they want to open it probably for tours. Um, I had somebody look at it who has no interest in doing anything with it other than a couple of people, as a matter of fact, uh, just make it their home, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And then we have somebody else who kind of wants to keep it in the Lizzie Borden family. So.
0: Interesting. interesting. Yeah, interesting. Uh,
4: and, so. and I didn't know what to expect. You know, I mean, I wouldn't, it would not surprise me. It would probably kill me. <laughs> but if, um, you know, uh, if it was opened up um, as an attorney office or as a medical facility. Yeah. You know, because yeah. being far, so close Carlson to the hospital. Right around the yeah. corner. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's always going to be Maplecroft. You're never going to be able to change that. But um, it, it would just. You know, I mean, if, if people can do what they want with it once they own it, but it would just be sad to see it go that route.
0: Mm-hmm. So, just a logistical question: uh, somebody comes in and asks you, "Are there any rumors of this place being haunted?" You, you have to in Massachusetts tell them yes, right?
4: Um, I don't think so.
0: I think we. I, I thought we were a state man. where you don't yeah. have to disclose it unless they ask. Correct.
4: Hmm. You do I'll have to, have disclose to check murders. that out too. And, and who's really to say whether it's haunted or whether it's not? I mean, that's kind of an individual thing, you know, whether you're open to it or, you know, whether you're not, you know, I mean, I, I, I think that maybe if they, you know, just like at, at 92, if somebody said, well, did anybody die in this house? Um... Probably somebody died in every house in Fall River, you know, but, I mean, they were brutally murdered, you know, so uh, that's kind of a little bit of a different situation. I'll have to look into that, um, Tim, because I actually don't know the answer to that question. Um, I am originally from Pennsylvania and and was a realtor there for a long time, and in Pennsylvania, you do not have to disclose
0: it. Well, I can just say, in in, in this case, you know, it's going to be a selling point, not a negative, so... I think, you know, and and we've had that happen with friends of ours that have gone out looking to buy, you know, to buy homes and then they will ask that question. And the the realtor suddenly like all the color drains out of their face and like, well, I am required to tell you that, yes, there are. I understand if that means that you don't want. Oh, no, no. That makes us want to buy it even more. Mm -hmm. Where do we sign? You know? Yeah. You know, we, we I know think that's some weird the most people. popular
1: question that I've ever gotten from my friends: is Can you please come to my house and tell me if it's haunted, or can you do the walkthrough with me while I'm looking for a house? Can you come with me to buy a house? I'm like, just buy one. Every house is haunted. Right. <laughs> it, yeah. Exactly.
4: You know. Yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, if um, I don't know, I, I I just think that some people are able to draw that out. You know, and and. It, is it haunted? You know, it, it really depends on what you believe, I guess.
0: I mean, just think about how many people have lived in that house without reporting any problems. Mm-hmm. How many people lived on Second Street before it was a bed and breakfast without any problems? How many people live in the Amityville house? No problems. So, you know, it, it it's all in who is living in there and what the environment is and I think and how they, how they and, treat the home. And I
4: think if you're drawing it out, I mean, I don't know if you were able to catch any of the dark zone. Um, that was filming there this weekend, and at Lizzie Borden's. I think they were there from Friday to Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Friday, Friday to Monday. Monday. Yeah. Yeah, and did you, were you able to see any of
0: that? Uh, I did not get to see a lot of it. I took part in it. I, I was one of the people they interviewed on Sunday, uh, oh, from right. from Second okay. Street. But I didn't. I didn't get to see any of the stuff from Maplecroft. Unfortunately, I had to work. Oh boy. <laughs> but I mean, it just it it goes to show that the people. Even the people that are involved in the paranormal, they care about the history. And so yeah. you're going to get people from, you know, listening from this program that are interested in it because they want to preserve the work that's been done there and they want to keep it Lizbeth's Maplecroft. And, yeah. and I think that that's, you know, the, the best scenario is that it's that. But as long as it turns into somebody that, that loves it and takes care of it and, and treasures it as much as she did, I think she would be happy.
4: I agree. I agree.
0: Now, if people wanted to, uh, if people want to reach out to you because they want to see, they want to see the house, or if they want to find out more information, how can they reach out to you?
4: Um, they can reach out on my cell phone number, which is four zero one three zero two four four zero four. For more information, we are requiring uh, a pre approval. Obviously, for anybody to see it or else, you know, I'd be doing tours there all day, (laughs) every day. So (laughs) it does require pre-approval. And uh, Donald's pretty pretty adamant about
1: that, of course. Understandable. um, Yeah, I agree with that.
0: And uh, yeah, yeah, so so don't don't be don't be expecting uh, an open house anytime soon no, with little Lizzie right. Borden no, cookies.
4: Want, no, no, <laughs> little uh, I, 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 So many people have called and asked, and yeah, we're not doing that. We can't. I mean. It's hard to say no of course, you know because everybody everybody's curious but we sure. just can't
0: do that right no, totally understandable and uh, the important thing is is that people understand that you know when they're buying this they're not buying as I said at the beginning the maple crop that they remember for all these years they're buying this beautifully restored, lovingly restored uh, you know, probably the most Lizzie it's looked well, the most Elizabeth has looked since yes. she died in the house. I mean, it is certainly uh, a home that even if you don't care about the history, even if you don't care about the ghost, or even if you don't care about any of this part of it, you were just going to love being in such a, a beautiful home. So hopefully the right person comes along. Suzanne, it sounds like you're going to be the person to to make sure that the right person buys it.
4: Absolutely. And, and Tim, I think we need to talk. I mean, how about you?
0: <laughs> let's uh, get
1: you pre-approved
0: i'll tell you what if you me, that easy if you can get me pre-approved i will buy it <laughs> we'll see where that goes all right, let awesome. me just ta- let me just say that since uh since we first started talking i bought a mega million ticket every friday so
4: Woohoo! that's awesome
0: all right well thank you suzanne and uh keep us up to date let us know uh if it does sell and and if uh if there's any more news that we can put out about it
4: Absolutely, I'll be in touch. Thank you so so much for the opportunity, and and keep doing what you do, doing. you do a great job.
0: Thank you. Have a great night.
4: Thank you. You too. Bye bye.
0: And that is Suzanne Saint John. If anybody does want to reach out to her, and and maybe you are pre-approved for it, you can get in there and take a look, and you know buy it for yourself. You know, Spooky South Ghost is happy to come over and help you throw a housewarming <laughs> party. But like I said, the important thing is is that somebody you know is going to live in that house that loves it and that mm-hmm. cares for it. So right. That's all we can. Have. I mean, we see that happen all the time with some of these places uh, that we we see go up on the market. Is you know, that's really what we care about the most. We we get sad when like, oh, a place that we used to be able to investigate that now right. we can't. But the most important thing for us is that we want to make sure that we're it's going in the hands of somebody that's going to love it and not you know tear it down to put up a Chick Fil A or something. You know.
1: Right. I don't know, Tim. I think we, you and I have to start talking about becoming roommates.
0: So a a certain (laughs) friend of ours who owns a bed and breakfast commented, oh, maybe I should buy it. And I was like, Stephanie and I will run it for you. Right. So
1: I, um, I don't think her husband would be happy with that purchase.
0: Listen, we have plenty of friends,
1: but I feel as though, I mean, she would love it. She'd love it. The pl- way that she decorated hers is very similar. Plenty
0: so. of possibilities. Uh, if anybody out there is looking for somebody to live in the in the uh, carriage house and, and watch over the house, uh, I'm available. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's take a break. We'll be back with more spooky South Coast. our number two of spooky south coast tim weisberg here science advisor matt money still around stephanie burke well she went home she's not feeling too well and i hope that she feels better and hope that she'll uh, be nice and rested up for next week's program so we told her to just go home don't spread around. hey look i made it onto this episode too All right. We have Travel Channel on here in the studio, uh, and uh, the latest edition of Hotel Paranormal is on the screen right now. We have this nice new big television, uh, big, what, like 55-inch TV hanging on the wall here, and uh, so I put on the Travel Channel and was keeping an eye on Hotel Paranormal because, you know, I want to see if I made it into every episode. So far, I have made it into every episode. Which you know, knock on wood. I know that I'm in the season finale, and that's next week. So, I think I've made it through the entire season. Are you? What? Hello? That's oh, I I thought that was four again. I keep confusing the
2: numbers. N- not a problem. I are you gonna still have the same red shirt or?
0: So I was thinking about you know trying to get a mar- get an endorsement deal for the. For the maroon shirt, I have to figure. I have to go back and open up my winter clothes drawer and see who makes it and reach out. I think it's St. John's Bay. Okay. Like, hey, St. John's Bay, send me all the maroon henleys that you have, <laughs> and I will wear them if there's a season two, which I'll tell you about in a second. But I don't know. Did you notice my shirt? Yes, tonight. I've what been
2: a- staring at that the whole time. Pretty, pretty awesome been- shirt, huh? I like that.
0: The, uh, I put a picture up on Twitter, too, and, and people were complimenting the shirt. It is a Parabox Monthly shirt. So you can get that by signing up at ParaboxMonthly.com. Uh, but they've, they've sent some really, really cool shirts over, and I'm so upset that there isn't a bunch of stuff going on this year because I have, like, 14 cool new paranormal shirts to wear to things, and there's no things going on. So I'm just going to wear them on all my Zoom library presentations. There you go. So if you... If you, uh, if you Go to one of my Zoom library presentations. Right now I have ones coming up with the Lakeville Public Library and the Middleborough Public Library, and I'm booking some other ones as well. And you see me in a t-shirt. Don't think that I didn't bother to dress up for the occasion. It's certainly designed to be a, you
2: know, um, I'm wearing a paranormal shirt for a reason. Definitely good quality stuff. Oh, they're um, so great. Have you been focusing any attention on what's been going on in the Chicago area with the quote unquote mothman type of things going on out there and no I've seen
0: of, I've seen a few people are kind of following along with what's happening but I haven't I haven't kept up to date since we talked about it on the program what last year I think or yeah. the
2: year before and there you are again um, yeah the, there's been more sightings and supposedly uh, I'm, I've got a friend that's out in the Chicago area that's trying to look into this for me supposedly there were little people from somewhere else out just outside of the uh, o'hare airport again uh, we're talking I, alien beings yeah mm-hmm. actually physically seen on the ground on on the property outside the gates or outside the fence
0: well i wouldn't be surprised that you have You know, one type of phenomena and then another type of phenomena happening at
2: the same time. So, well, where the uh, Mothman or whatever this thing is being sighted is not that far from the airport. And think
0: think about this, too. Like, you know, the injured cold connection to the uh, Point Pleasant Mothman. You know, that's you're probably looking at something UFO related tied into. Right. this mothman creature i don't know if you've had a chance to see hellier yet but
2: well i i saw the first one so i haven't seen season in two in season
0: two they really dive more into the injured cold connection okay so it's it's pretty cool like what the stuff that they unearth in that too and i think now you know if i had worn this shirt pre hellier I don't think a lot of people would have would have known what I'm talking about, but now I wear it out, and people are like, "Oh yeah, Injured Cold," like they know what it's all about now. Yeah. So, and I just, I mean, you know that I've always been fascinated with the Injured Cold character, anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like this shirt is just awesome. I mean, it looks kind of like that old original Joker yeah. design too, and yeah. it's, so it's, yeah. it it catches a lot of attention every, everywhere I go, and really all my Powerbox shirts do because they're all kind of. Um, conversation starters like I I did the thing for the dark zone tv last week where you know they they had me as part of their Lizzie Borden weekend and I was wearing my Borden murders shirt from Parabox and I've done presentations on the Bridgewater Triangle where I've worn my Bridgewater Triangle shirt but the thing is is like so this this shirt actually has a puzzle built into the design and all of their shirts do and then they give you a little card to help you figure out exactly what the puzzle is and then when you get the answer you go on their website you enter it you can win mar- merchandise from them so i don't i don't spend too much time looking at it and trying to figure out the puzzles but maybe you know maybe i should probably start doing that but they you know they they send me the stuff so i don't want to win free well,
2: merchandise. i see some of the writing that's been seen on the what are called the uh, the probes or something uh they're uh, it it's if you go back and research about maybe five, seven years ago, there were these probes, the best way to describe them with that kind of writing on them. So, uh, and I see what looks to be that type of writing. I still on have, the shirt,
0: so. I have all the cards. So maybe I should just, hold you know, when I wear a shirt into the show, I'll bring the card and we can try and figure out the puzzle. But the uh, they also include, when you order the subscription shirt from Parabox, they also include a postcard that promotes Midnight FM, which is pretty cool of them. So if you sign up, you know, you can use the promo code Midnight and you'll save 20% on your order. So just go to ParaboxMonthly.com. You can get them for yourself. But um, I was talking about Hotel Paranormal there a minute ago and... Now, we covered a lot of cases in this, in this season of, of Hotel Paranormal that are in the United States and, and some in Canada, but they're looking to take on some international cases uh, for, for, for future potential seasons. I believe we're still waiting for the green light for season two, but they've already started collecting stories and they're looking for stories in the U.K., So if you're listening to us in the UK, I know a lot of our audience is from uh, Great Britain and other parts of Europe. Uh, If you have had experiences at a UK hotel, if you have encountered a paranormal experience, uh, whether it be in the UK or if it be in, uh, you know, maybe Scotland, uh, uh, Ireland, you know, places that are you know, under that umbrella, if you've had any paranormal activity, uh, especially if it's something profound and if it's something that you have some evidence of, then you can send your stories to my friend MJ. She's collecting all the stories over there. You can send it to UK at gmail.com. S-A-G-E Productions, P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S, UK, at gmail.com, and address that to MJ. Uh, She will be the person to take in your account, and she's the one that's kind of collecting all those stories for the producers, and they could reach out to you. If they start filming season two, you know, it's going to happen quickly. They could be reaching out to you and saying, hey, we want you to share our story. I will tell you this much. I don't know how they did it with the people that had the experiences, but uh, the production company sent me out to Toronto, I spent three or four days in Toronto, put up in a hotel. Uh, they gave me traveling expenses, you know, for all my Uber rides. Uh, they covered all that. They covered my meals. It was uh, it was quite the trip, and uh, I was treated very well. You know, the, they they certainly are a first rate organization. I've worked with a lot of production companies. I have worked for production companies, and I can tell you that this was the best experience that I've ever had. You know, being on screen with any of these shows. So. If you have a story to share, again, all you have to do is email sageproductionsuk at gmail.com with your UK paranormal story. Now, if you've had a story that's been in the US and you want to share that, you can send that to me, Tim, at spookysouthcoast.com, and I'll make sure that I get that over to the right people as well, but I know that there are a lot of folks that have had experiences in hotels they're not looking for stories that happened on paranormal investigations so if you are part of a group or if you took part in an event you know that's not the kind of story they're looking for they're looking for the story that happened when you weren't expecting it they're looking for something that happened that you did not bargain for so uh, that's that's the kind of thing that they want to cover and you know that uh, hopefully if you get chosen and they put you on the show, hopefully I will be back for another season, and I'll get to comment on your case as well. So send those stories in SageProductionsUK at gmail.com, or if it's a U.S. story or a Canadian story, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com, and we'll make sure we get those all over to the producers. All right, well, the phone lines are open for the remainder of the program, 508-996-0500. 508-996-0500 if you would like to call in. You can also email us, crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. You can join in the conversation on Twitter using the hashtags spooky live and or hashtag MidnightFM, and you'll be able to uh, interact with us. Now, I'm not really supposed to give up the secrets of who is coming on my Midnight Society show this week because we announced that all on Sunday, but because Sunday is tomorrow and we are so close to Sunday and because there are some folks that tie into the uh, spooky South coast world. I'm going to just let you know that next week on midnight society, we will have longtime friends of the program Jeff Belanger, he'll be on with us. And Christopher Balzano will be on with us. So you'll be able to hear two old favorites of Spooky South Coast on Midnight Society. If you've never tuned in for Midnight Society, it's three hours every weeknight where we get to really, really do a deep dive into a conversation with different guests on different topics. And also it's part of our Midnight FM network where we have, I think, 17 or 18 programs now every week. So there's always something happening. In fact, immediately following Spooky... Well, not immediately following Spooky South Coast. There's a little break in between so that I can get home and listen. But uh, at 1 a.m. Eastern Time on Midnight FM, you'll hear Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. So they follow Spooky South Coast with an hour break in between each and every week. And then tomorrow, there'll be uh, the Weird Tales with Charles Christian show. Uh, if you've never heard that, that's a great show exploring the world of folklore. And then we have a program on Mondays that you won't believe called Eerie Earth with Kieran Begg. This is a guy who never made a podcast before, you know, had all of this great research that he'd done. And he has just knocked it out of the park with his first couple of episodes. So there's a whole lineup that you can check out at Midnight FM. Great stuff. I got the chance, Monies this past week to talk to Philip Mantle who was one of...
2: Yeah, I know who he is.
0: One of the people that I'd always kind of wanted to talk to, but never had the chance to.
2: Hey, he stole your shirt. I know, I
0: saw that. (laughs) I saw the maroon shirt. I was like, who is this guy? Sorry. Imposter. Um, Maybe they're now doing dramatic recreations of me. Yeah. But the... uh, I see a doll. That's not Claire the Haunted Doll. Um, The... You know, getting him to, to come on Midnight Society, we you know I've wanted people from the UK like that to be on Spooky, but it's yep. it's three o'clock in the morning for a lot of them when we're on the air, so it's hard. Uh, but I I done a pre-record with him for Midnight Society. But one of the things that he talked about uh, at at in depth was we were talking about abduction cases, and we were talking about the uh, you know I was mentioning to him the abduction cases that you have researched over the years. And we talked quite a bit about some of these daytime,
2: you know, broad daylight abductions. These sixty percent of them or more are during the daylight. Uh, Only a small percentage of them actually happen at night. That, but that's what the perception of the population is because of media,
0: and because it makes it for, it makes for a creepier story.
2: Right. That's why they only tend to focus on those. Yes.
0: So even if even if it is a daytime abduction you might get the 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 story being told you know at night you know what y- i mean yeah like yeah like no, they, I guess they might not directly address what time it happened because it lends itself more to that to that freaky side of thing but
2: uh, i'm sorry you got job topic there but
0: no no not at all but the um the idea being that you know these these types of phenomena that happen there there's no real there's no tried and true, this is the way that it's going to happen if it happens. There's probably different patterns in different ways, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be the same experience for everybody.
2: No. I mean, there are similarities and shared uh, little points that will happen in most of them, but no two uh, cases are identical. There are, and. I know this firsthand as you know there are cases where people are sharing the same experience you know uh, both being taken and both having part of that experience and we we know that that does happen but no two people have the same experience
0: so let's let's take the 30,000 foot view of this then oh okay if if they're not happening with the same technique i guess we'll use for lack of a better term uh if they're not happening with those similarities does that make the stories more credible or less credible
2: i i would tend to see more credible because what you're dealing with is the viewpoint of the individual everybody's an individual so the, you know how many times do you know people witness a car accident happening in front of them. And how many different versions of it do you see on a police report?
0: But how many people that get into a car accident, you know, you're talking from the witness perspective, but I'm talking, you know, let's just say, how many people are involved in a car accident that there's a lot of similarities within the accidents themselves?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you're number one, you're in a car. Okay, so... Number two, there's usually another vehicle involved or a stationary object or something. Yeah.
0: You know, the, the car crash analogy might actually help me understand the differences better because the circumstances under which each accident happened happens. are different. There Correct. might be some similarities. Somebody might be on their cell phone. Some, right. some of them are at night. Some of them are during the, the day. day. Yeah. So yeah, that, that might help me understand it better because I would think more like if I go fishing, and I know that if I go at 5 a.m. on a Sunday, I am going to catch more bass than sunfish. Then I'm going to go at 7 a.m., you know, 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning and go catch bass because I don't want to go at 9 a.m. and catch sunfish. Right. So I would think that the abductors would say, you know, oh, it's easier to get these people at night when they're in bed, when they're asleep. You know it's just easier to get them that way get them by surprise you know and and then you don't have to worry about who's around who's watching all that kind of stuff so you would think that they would fall into patterns of how they abduct but it it doesn't really seem like that's necessarily the case
2: the most common activity that people have reported at least do being able to do research and luckily i've worked with the world's best and i've been able to review their files. Most common activity is driving,
0: which is probably not the time that you well, want to get taken.
2: Well, but the point being is, we do spend as a society a lot of time on the road, going from place to place. Mm-hmm. During, well, not now during COVID and stuff, but, but you understand what I'm saying. But you would normally be traveling back and forth to work, out to the store, going out and doing things.
0: So, okay. When people are taken, there are even differences in the way that they are taken. In terms of some of them are physically removed from the space that they are in, in, yep, and some are taken by their consciousness, and 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 their physical self may stay behind. So even even there, you have differentiation in how it happens. Yes. Now, well, you're saying that with a. An interesting twist in your voice, is that because you, do you weight one of those as more credible than the other?
2: Well, to be blunt, yes.
0: Okay, so you think that if somebody, I'm, I'm just going to speculate here, but you think that somebody who is taken via consciousness is probably less likely to be uh, describing an actual experience that happened i'm not saying lying but i'm no just...
2: no no yeah it's a different form of you know type of abduction compared to the classic term i would uh,
0: i mean if you disappear you disappear you have to have gone somewhere right if you're telling me your conscious when some consciousness went somewhere i'm going like well you dr- you were dreaming like that's kind of the way that i would look at it being skeptical of the situation
2: yeah i and i would see how that could be viewed that way
0: i mean I'm, I'll, i also have trouble with believing things like remote viewing even though i know people that do it and i'm like yeah but still like it's eh, you know how much of it is you actually went there and how much of it is actually like you were able to envision it that's two different things well
2: people can you know look at it this way uh, if you are a entity that is made up of energy and then people saying our soul is just energy and we are actually all energy of a form just in a particular vibrational rate, and that's a matter of physics. We know that. We know that you know we are technically matter is a form of energy in a particular state. Now, Einstein said, mm, energy can be neither created nor destroyed; only changed. It changes from one state to another, and one frequency to another. Why can't your consciousness, what people call a soul, not? Uh, somebody has a different type of receiver or whatever they're able to tune into you your frequency whatever and pull your consciousness what or your soul or whatever you want to call this into their sphere okay your physical sphere can still be here but doesn't mean they you can't get tapped into i know that the government has the ability to project things into people's heads if you want go look it up voice of god technology yeah, it's well, been around for a while you know. and,
0: and and not only that but i mean there's been um, marketing companies that have gotten in trouble for subliminal yeah. advertising
2: yeah well that's subliminal that but but i'm saying there are ways to use it's, energy to put into somebody's head and there's no reason why you can't reverse that so well,
0: one of the things that came up when I was when I was talking with Philip Mantle is that these these abductions that happen, and as as, as varied and different as they may be, uh, they there's one of the things that, that gives credibility to the idea of them happening is that the the victims are not the same the well i should say the abductees you know there's no, not
2: they, they're, i would still cons- be considered victims but, but a,
0: some some of them are willing participants so yeah, I, I you then, know i don't want to blanket it all as, as well
2: that. all right in the genre you have an abductee an abductee is generally taken against their will without their permission and is generally not you know a willing participant Then you have experiencers. Experiencers are people that have been taken and to a a tacit degree are part of that experience. Then you have contactees. Contactees are people that are willing and, you know, a fully participant in, in such.
0: I don't know how familiar you are with Ray Hernandez. Oh, well,
2: I know Ray very well.
0: But Ray has been conducting a, a survey for the last yeah, few years. Yeah, for free. And, and he's got...
2: Well, well, the organization is called Free. Yeah, right. I'm part of the organization. So, yes, I'm familiar with.
0: But now Free is turning into something else. Right. And they're, they're changing over. But uh, when I was talking with him recently, he was telling me how you know they've determined that the abductee phenomena usually just happens first time out that you know the first time somebody is taken it's an abductee experience because they're so afraid of the situation it's so unknown to them but that they quickly become you know the contactee because the
2: or experience or in, you know in, however yeah however depending and, on how and how him and i've gotten are. into discussions and uh, we'll call it uh, animated debates over over that you know um my viewpoint is you know uh, since you're just blatantly taking it i'm Looking at it, people that start going into it is more people that are um, basically being Patty Hearsts.
0: Well, but yeah, well, the, but this is statistical data, is what he's right he's utilizing. So the numbers are showing that now. I, of course, numbers don't tell the story of somebody, so it just means that the technique, feeling.
2: my view is the technique is just that much more successful. I mean, so you get you got a bunch more of Stockholm. V- you know, victims.
0: Well, and, and there is, to be fair, there is a difference between acceptance and less resistance. they are two different things. Right. So, but it does show that there is, you know, at least some transition happening that maybe we're getting away from the, the overall fear associated with this, that maybe, maybe things are I don't want to say like the uh, the abductions are getting quote unquote better, but maybe like maybe the 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 general point of view over this is we're getting over the the fear and the incred the incredulousness that it's happening. No, I, I and now maybe people are like, okay, what what like this is happening now? I want to know why. Why? Yeah. You know, and maybe we're getting this one bigger shift to to make us say, uh, what exactly is this all about? And so. That might help get to some some answers is is if enough people are abducted and can come back with more information, we can put those pieces together.
2: Well, uh, as you know, I've been helping people with this for decades. Mm-hmm. Helping, and yes, first you start off all, what the heck is going on? And then people slowly become acclimated to it. And then once you have an acclimation, then... The experience is then colored by that person and how they feel and what they choose. Uh, I've known some abductees or contactees or whatever whatever genre they happen to fall in. It's all dependent upon the person. Okay. It, it, that's, the, that's, the person colors there. Are, uh, I'm
0: sure there's plenty of people that are taking the first time that are like, this is cool.
2: Right. You know? And then there are some that. Uh, still fight to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all in that person's. You know, that's what makeup. I mean when I say their numbers. It's just, right.
0: it's just percentages. It's right. not, it's not that doesn't do justice to the individual <clears throat> experience. Let me, let me okay. see who's
3: on the line here.
0: Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Hello.
3: How's it going? Um, my name's Matt. I'm from Springfield, Mass. And um, I called in a few times, and my thoughts have always been sort of scatterbrained, and I I have a lot of questions, but I try to keep the lines clear. Um, so. My questions are usually about um, the high rate of UFO sightings over Cape Cod Bay and things like that. And <laughs> I, I even send you guys a photograph one time of one I saw over over Truro, Mass. And um, I guess with your um, the point that your guest is um, touching on, um, do you, either of you guys think that um, there's a water thing going on with UFOs, where there it's a U.S.O. thing going on, or is it like Bridgewater Triangle kind of stuff where where a lot of weird things happen in this? place geographically for some reason, Um, and I'll I'll leave it to you guys. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, we've certainly talked quite a bit, Moniz, about the idea that the the triangle itself does kind of draw in some of this stuff. But the, the Cape Cod thing, what's interesting about that is the data backs up what matt was saying the caller matt uh you know
2: i wouldn't know what you meant
0: (laughs) i mean i just wrote an article for 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 wbsm.com which you can check out now it's up there on the site but I, i you know i wrote this story about the um the last month august of ufo sightings based on the mufon data now this is because mufon has started putting out a monthly email again and saying like here's how many sightings that we had so last month there were 645 ufo cases reported around the world and out of that 645 i want to say 58 were in no Mass- hold on that's not right
2: roughly about no, hold 40 on. something here hold in massachusetts alone so
0: it was uh the united states had 518 out of the 645 that were reported or 654 well, i need to look at the article better Instead of sideways, 645 worldwide were reported, and out of those, 518 were in the U.S. That's not hugely surprising because most people are reporting it in the U.S. based on the, the MUFON website. Right, but because the, you are in the U.S. Right, but Massachusetts was tied for number 10 uh, with the number of reports. There were 13 UFO sightings reported to MUFON in uh, august of 2020 there were 17 reported to the national ufo reporting center and i looked at the two of them and i didn't see a lot of overlap between the two so you know can we call it 30
2: yeah,
0: maybe we can you know say there's there's better I'm than total 20. Of about 40 but the the sightings if you look at them because you can look at them by town Uh, You know, there was one on the MUFON site in New Bedford for August. None, and to me, it sounds like it could have been a drone. I'll give you the exact description of what it was that was seen. It happened at 9.15 p.m. on August 25th. According to the report on the MUFON database, it it was elongated vertically with red lights on the top and bottom and white lights in the middle, but it rotated. But the shape was nothing like a helicopter. So you've got a spinning thing with red and white lights on it. I'm guessing it's a drone
2: uh this video mm-hmm. taking him where him on the 3rd no sorry first
0: there was uh september 1st yeah there was uh, another report that i got of something seen over Peyton aram uh, and in fact, uh, if Jen's listening, she can, she can maybe even call in, uh, because it was somebody she knew that saw it or she can have the person call in. But, you know, she was messaging me last month with this sighting that was happening live. And I actually went out after midnight society was over and looked up in the sky and I couldn't see anything. I did see Mars very bright in this, in the area where they thought that this might've been. So it could have been that, but Mars is completely stationary. So it's not like there's any movement at all with the planet.
2: Slight movement as a travel suit.
0: Yeah, but it's going to take you a long time to see that. You're not going to see it, you know, kind of moving. No, I got you. Uh, Maybe if you look at it, though, it'll vibrate a little bit because you're staring at it. But especially if you're looking at it through like a cell phone or through, you know, binoculars or something. But but my, my point is, out of both the MUFON cases and the National UFO Reporting Center cases... There were a significant amount of those in both cases coming from the Cape. Yes. And I don't know why that would be. Uh, it could be that there is, you know, this time of year there's more people on the Cape, so you might get more reports. But it seems that way year-round, that the year-round cases seem heavily weighted toward cases happening on the Cape. Now, could that be less less air pollution? You know, light pollution pollution. uh because you you've got more open sky out there but i mean when i see reports that say provincetown truro provincetown truro i'm like well of course because you've got beautiful open sky out there right where you can see everything you know when you're driving to provincetown and going through i don't know what it's called but that area where you're like going through wellfleet no it's after wellfleet like you're you're just about in provincetown but it's
2: that's truro
0: but that stretch no but i mean i don't know what the what that bridge is called like that stretch but when you're going through that stretch you've got the dunes on one side and then you've got got like the 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 marshland on the other side like when you look up at the sky there you can see everything yeah Yeah. so i mean that's like some oklahoma stuff
2: right there well it's almost like being out in open ocean because you are actually Mm -hmm. it's a land spit out into the middle of the ocean
0: so i'm not surprised being out there that you would get more ability to to see these things uh, but then again, you know. Also, when you're out there, I mean, I've flown a few times. I've flown into Boston. I've flown into Providence. I don't think there's a lot of you know low flying planes over the Cape that are going into the into Logan. I think they started well, to descend Hyannis. more. Hyannis actually. But, has a uh, I was going to say the other thing is that that the Barnstable Airport has increased in its traffic and the type of craft that it takes. in. And now. then
2: you also have Otis Air Force Base there too.
0: I mean, the thing with Otis, though, is for one thing, stuff is coming in more on this side of the Cape. Right. You know, the side that we're on. And because I lived outside of Otis, like I'm, I'm pretty familiar with.
2: I grew up outside the Cape. Yeah.
0: Like what? Yeah. And I, I, that's where I lived was right outside of it. So you can, you can tell that stuff because it's coming low enough that you can look up and see the lights and make out the form. Yeah. Like even in the dark. The, the, the Logan planes yeah, might you know be a little higher.
2: Yeah, you know it's the C-130s or whatever. Right, <laughs> and
0: you, you know when it's one of those anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those bad boys are huge. But the um, the the other part of it, too, is that I think that, you know, like I said, a lot of the Bridgewater Triangle stuff, I, I think, you know, you're in the Logan flight path. Yeah. You have a lot of planes that are... Um, you know what is it called when they're then the holding pattern out there. Yeah. You know, so you have a lot of that happening out there. So a lot of that stuff can probably be be explained away.
2: Well, those all fall in the same patterns. You know, they, right. they, they shift every couple of weeks, but you know that coming from this direction to that direction at this level, like, and there are also apps you can get that also plot them.
0: Have you ever, have you ever been coming home at night? uh driving down 195 going toward Wareham and I know that you would get off you know before I would on the highway yeah I I I have to go almost to the Cape to get to my house technically
2: we're on the Cape
0: but when I go to 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 25 and you know the 495 25 area when I go that way almost inevitably as I get past the end of 195 and get on to 25 there's some sort of weird light in the sky you know, and I'm like, well, but I know at this point it's a plane because it's there's always one yeah. there, so I'm able to kind of dismiss it away. It's not the same light every time. Not the same, the same exact
2: plane, but right. it's Yeah, but they it's follow that path.
0: But I've I've determined that that's what it is. But you start to realize, like, okay, there should be one there, but why is there one over here? You know, and then then you have to do a little bit more exploration. Um, but you know, I, as I've always said, I've seen two in my life that I can say are definite ufos the i saw some when i was in the bermuda triangle but those were just like weird lights dancing around in the sky not ready to say that those were quote-unquote ufos and i know technically they're unidentified flying objects yeah but i also wonder if there isn't some sort of other like metaphysical thing going on in the in the bermuda triangle that's making lights in the sky you know what i mean yeah there's enough weird stuff happening there that i can't say i i so, I know I've told you about the first one that I saw, which was the one that I saw coming back from Lizzie's one night. Yep. Did I tell you about the second one that I saw? It was on the Cape. It was last Refresh summer. Refresh my memory. So, okay. it was last summer. I had to go to my landlord's house. There was a, a problem with my rent check, and I, I was like, don't worry, I'll just, I'll just go put another rent check in your You know, someone like the ink on it wouldn't read when they tried to scan it or something. Yeah. So, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to your house, and I'm just going to leave one in your mailbox. So I drove to my landlord's house. It's like, like eleven o'clock at night, I think. I le- it would have been a Friday night, I think. I put the 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 check in the mailbox, and I turn around and I'm going down his road, and he lives up on a hill. So I'm going down the hill, and as I come down the hill, at the bottom of the hill is what's it, six A? Though
2: depending upon where you yeah, are, the, I assume. The,
0: the one that, like, Sandy Neck Beach is on. Yes, yeah, This is right yeah. near Sandy Neck Beach.
2: Right near so, the power station.
0: Further toward Barnstable. Okay, but uh, along that route yeah, between... Right between downtown and Quaker Meeting House Road. Okay. So, as I'm, I'm coming... To, I mean, I don't want to say his
2: address, but I'll no, tell you where his exact street. No, I, I know the area.
0: Um, so, I'm coming down that hill and looking at 6A, I guess, 6A. Yeah, 6A. So, I'm looking at that, and as I'm coming down... There's what looks like about yay high, and you can't see this on the radio, but I'm holding my hands above my head. It looks like a house, uh, a door, and a big picture window with a light behind it, illuminating the picture window. And this house is kind of coming down as I'm going down the hill. So my expectation is that there's some sort of weird
2: like lensing reflection. Yeah.
0: Happening either from a house behind me or a house in front of me. And I look behind me and there's no house behind me that would be, you know, because it would have to be immediately behind me coming down like that. And I didn't see one. And then, so I'm expecting that when I get to the bottom of the hill, some weird trick of the light with my, with my Is windshield. Is it daytime? Or, Nighttime. Or, it's probably about 11, 1130 at night. So I'm expecting that when I get to the bottom of the hill, there's going to be a house at the bottom of the hill with... A front door and a picture window and a light behind it. I'm expecting to see that directly across the street. Now, don't tell me why it would be floating in the air in this reflection and come down to, to ground level when I come down the hill. I could see that happening if I was going up a hill, that it would be like reflecting up and then it would kind of solidify. But it was just, it was very weird. When I got to the bottom of the
2: hill, there was, there's no freaking house. There are. Um optical effects i'm trying to think of the name of it where it's similar to the mirage effect that you see with heat and and things like that and i'm
0: thinking it's probably something like that yeah so i and i come down to the bottom of the hill and i know that if i just go to the right a little bit there's some open marshland so, I'm like, I'm going to go park over in that marshland and I'm going to go see if I can look up at the sky and see if there's anything going on. So, I go over to the marshland and there's another car pulled over, two people looking up and pointing in the sky.
2: So, somebody else saw it.
0: And I'm like, what are you looking at? And they're like, we just saw some weird light floating by in the sky. And I said, did it look like a house? Which is a very weird ass question to ask somebody. But I was like, did it look like a house? And they're like, we just saw a light in the sky. So I was like, okay. But my thought was, was this thing appearing to me as a floating house? Yeah. You know, it's probably not looks like that, but no. It kind of, and it was very strange. And it's to me, that's even weirder than the one that I saw. What's weirder is no, you have
2: not told me about that.
0: Uh, Well, I've talked about it on the show a couple times. You just must not have been Been here here. when
2: I talked about it. Okay.
0: But it was was very, very strange. And I became hyper aware of the situation. Uh, I became hyper aware of, because I was listening to a podcast. I was actually listening to Jeff Belanger's podcast, New England Legends. And so I was like, wait a minute. Is this the episode that I was on? Yes. You know, what time did I... Because I, you know, yeah. I know what time it is that I pulled in the neighborhood because it's checking your to watch I to say, "Okay, be quiet." It's eleven thirty, and you know there was no missing time associated with this at all. So I, I was able to kind of yeah. rule that out right away. But I can tell you that I have not gone back to that area since without having some weird feeling, and that whole area. I used to live there, and. Uh, it, there was something about that town at night that I didn't like. Sandwich? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that the town shuts down at 5 p.m. <laughs> doesn't help, but you can go to that town at nine o'clock at night and just feel like it's three in the morning. Like there's no activity, no cars, every business shut down, uh, there's... So you you know the the natural spring. I yep. always like to go and fill my water there.
2: Yep. I've been going there ever since I was a little kid.
0: But you go there and like you could be there filling up 5-gallon jugs for 15 minutes and you won't see another car at 8 8:30 at night. Yep. You know, and it's just it's very weird and very creepy. Well, living. you got
2: the mill there that was built in the 1700s. If you turn around behind you, there's the church that was built in like seven, no, sixteen, seventy. So or there's something. two
0: churches right there. Well, yeah, the one is like the 1630 church. Yeah, but then there's another one that I think is like 1647. Something that's like for that. that's for sale. Really? It, I we wrote a story about it on Fun107.com because I wrote a great story with pictures of the inside. It's all been redone, and it's a private it's a, residence.
2: It's a beautiful church.
0: It's you. You should see these photos. It's like two million dollars. Oh but yeah, I'm sure. When, when you look at it, I mean, it is amazing. It's it's got like everything you would possibly want inside of it, and it's it's just beautiful.
2: Well, that little area right there is like somebody, you know, stopped time around it. Except right. for the, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. If it wasn't for the paved road and the street signs, you know, you turn that into a dirt road. Believe you got the, the Hoxie you, House we, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: you've got the... the Well, the library's right there. Yeah. I can tell you firsthand the library's haunted. Um, and, uh, you know, not only from going there as a kid, but also trying to go into the basement, trying to sneak down there one time, and and the the, the librarian telling me, oh, you don't want to go down there. <laughs> so there's certainly stuff going on there. The Daniel Webster Inn sure. is right there. Right there. Yeah, um, that's haunted. So you've got all these places that, that have a history. This is a little bit further past that where I was having this, this UFO sighting, but when i lived in when i lived in forestdale it wasn't as bad again because then i lived right next to the base so and i lived next to the base during the gulf war so there was activity
2: i as a young kid i grew up on adam street
0: i was on jody lane okay right down so, the road. Yep i was i was two streets away from the guard desk
2: on, on snake pond road all right you know where the um well it was actually technically in sagamore uh the Christmas tree shop is right, right down below it. So you're yeah. on the
0: you're on the other side. I'm I'm on yeah.
2: the, the, the the other side of that. The
0: yeah. uh, so the the, you know, growing uh, living there when I lived there, that wasn't as rough because again, as I said, active base Gulf War, probably Lamone. So the active base, the Gulf War, we we never really felt like we were in the middle of nowhere, even though we were kind of in the middle of nowhere. Plus it was it was a. a A neighborhood where there was a farm right behind us uh, and something wind farm, a windy hill farm or something. uh, And so like there was a lot of open space around us, but there was houses everywhere. So you didn't feel like you were isolated. When I lived in East Sandwich, I lived on a little cul-de-sac off Chase Road and like I lived in the woods. Yeah. And so you really felt isolated. It was probably not the house to live in when I read Tommyknockers, <laughs> because I was convinced that that book took place in my yard. Uh, but the you know the the that isolation that you felt there, plus I am pretty sure that the house that I lived in probably had some activity. So like I felt very weird and freaked out in that town living there for the the couple of years that I did. So I always have that sense when I go back there, uh, but. You know, since that supposed UFO sighting, it's like even worse because now I'm hyper aware of the fact that everything is so dead. Like, you can go down 6A at 8 o'clock at night and not see anybody. Oh, yeah. Like, the bars are open. The restaurants are still open. But,
2: like, there's, you know, stop and shop still open. Well, oh, you you do see traffic, just not a lot. And like I said, we're, when I grew up out there, you know, You talk about an active base. Back when I was growing up, it was the Vietnam War, and there there there
0: was no Christmas tree shop then. No, there was no Stop and Shop down the street. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's you know the things that brought people to the to that area of town weren't there. There. No. Uh, The other part of it too is there's I I I want I want to say this in a way where it's not insulting. To sandwich but i think that sandwich has lost a lot of its history and doesn't care that it has
2: yeah the yeah. people of the town you well, know a lot of the, the old people that and families that are there are no longer there anymore
0: i know there's a lot of people that have done a lot of great work of keeping the history alive but i think that it's a lot of it's been lost um and i think that it is fighting back almost to some degree demanding to be remembered yeah so and you know now you've got heritage gardens of course you know right right around the corner from there you know who knows what's in that place in terms of energy god wouldn't you love to get in there and investigate
2: uh there's several places i would love to get into
0: i might be able to work on heritage gardens we i have a lot of communication with the, the the people over there might be able to get in there and and you know just imagine all the stuff that must be attached all the cars, cars and the barn and, yeah. and yeah. all the military uniforms and the yep. little military museum oh man yeah i'm going to
2: put that i in, haven't been you mentioned that i was like i haven't been there in 30 something years
0: i'm going to i'm going to reach out to them this week i'm going to say can we come by and do a little yeah. paranormal investigation i, remember I don't know going when there is it, based kid. on our schedules but uh, we'll figure something out by the way uh, i just want to let everybody know that um, there's going to be a live paranormal investigation show of Midnight Society coming up September 25th from the Reverend Keith Parsonage in West Bridgewater. So uh, I won't really get out to do a lot of events this fall, but at least I can go out and do some live broadcasts from some of these places. So that should be a fun night. Should, should we take the phone call? I'm pretty sure it's yeah. Simone. If it's not, I feel bad that I made somebody wait all this time, but... You know, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello.
3: What's up, playboys?
0: What's <laughs> going on?
3: Hey, playa. Yeah, just living and loving. So it was 113 degrees today in Vegas. Ouch. Yeah, and so you figure it's supposed to get getting there springtime, I mean fall, right? Okay, let me tell you what's, um, what's on. Right now, Shine a Light, but earlier, the kids are all right. On the TCM, they're doing a lot of uh, the rock music, rock concert uh, movies. And tomorrow night, uh, the song remains the same at eight o'clock, and then Jimi Hendrix, and then Jimi Hendrix at the Monterey Pop Festival. So that'd be eight o'clock, your guys' time. You know, for the for the song remains the same. Do you guys remember that? That oh, you know, the movie? Hell yeah, yeah. And so I figured, you know, I try to call you guys early, and let you know so you get on this. But like I said, you know, like I said, I'm like I, said, I love music. But like I said, I'm old school. I'm an old school, and I'm so cool. So I go back like that. Also, one other thing, on the 27th and the 29th and the 1st of October, they're going to have, uh, they're having the 40th anniversary uh, showing across country of, uh, of uh, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And Forty so years. That's exactly, 40 years. And, and last weekend was an airplane, 40 years airplane. So,
2: Good luck, we're all counting 40. on you.
3: Surely, please don't call me Shirley. And so yeah, I love that movie. You know, it's always, always Do, fun over
2: macho that. grande.
3: Do you? No, I would think so. So
2: <laughs> Listen, uh,
0: I also like Airplane Two, and my favorite line in Airplane Two is "What you, from Will Shatner? No, when they, well, they say you put us, <laughs> you put us all in jeopardy." And then they cut away to the Jeopardy board in the plane, <laughs> and it's like, "I'll take famous air disasters for a thousand. What is the Mayflower?
3: <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, that was. But I also like, I couldn't take the fine day to stop sniffing blue. Yep. Yeah, so that's that's a horrible thing. Lam-
0: Lamont, have you ever seen? Speaking of of Zucker's film, uh, the Zucker films, have you ever seen UHF? Oh God! Yeah,
3: I have. Yeah, that was that was terrible. What? In, a, in an interesting way. In interesting, it was. Like I said, like uh word out I like word out, so I was already into it, so that was good Okay. I'm to like be I'm then,
0: interviewing his drummer at the end of October on Midnight Society, Bermuda Schwartz.
2: He was one of the oh, best was, shows we've ever seen. That was a damn good
0: show.
3: And see, that, that was good. Did you see, how many times have you seen him? We've just, seen him I've seen him just, see them just see them. once. Well sometimes that's all you need. Uh, but I I've, I've seen him a couple times. But the first time was back in the night early eighties. Mid 80s, he came, he was, uh, um, I was in Los Angeles him there. He got a polka room, so that was crazy. But I saw him recently again, so that was kind of neat. He was, he was white and nerdy, so that was kind of fun to watch. <laughs> I think that was, was cool. that was the tour that we saw yeah. him on. Yeah. Well, you might have, that might have been when he came through the air. Yeah, we should have seen tour, So Yeah, that was probably cool. Remember, we, uh, you, Mo,
0: Moniz and I saw him at the, uh, with Matt Costa, and, and we saw him Theater. at the Haunted Zyterian Theater, and we were trying to get the staff to let us go look into some of the areas that were supposedly haunted, and they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah. There are no ghosts here.
3: Yeah. If you guys want to go, I, if we go to the Viper Room, I'd get you back, we'd go back down there in the Viper Room.
0: I don't know if I'd want to go to the Viper to the Room. Do. That, I do. Yeah,
3: I, I, I was there that night, but you, I you were I there that earlier. You were there that night? That, the River Phoenix that, night? Because that was the 30th, 31st of Halloween day, not Halloween night. And I, I was out there, I, I was back to kicking with a few friends. I didn't get down like that, kind of getting down like they were doing. So, but he was outside, they had him, he was outside, he had to run him outside, to let him get air, and then he was out laying on the sidewalk. You know, and it's kind of sad, you see people like that, and you sit there looking like, oh, and keep on going. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see that stuff happen all the time. And and when you try to bend down, try to help somebody, and they say get away, you know, you don't, you want to. Be, you know, I'm I'm the kind of guy. I'm like, I'm I'm like I'm still a big boy scout, and like and I want to help whoever I can. So I see somebody down or you know downtrodden or put, laying out past that, I try to help them. And like I said, and, and I've been to places where like I remember <laughs> seeing somebody pass on the ground, and the cops came up on me and and slammed me up against the wall, but I did something to him. Well, speaking.
0: Just, you know, not to yeah. not to go down that road, but speaking of celebrities at bars, Moniz can vouch for this. I said for years I wanted to fly out to L.A. on a Tuesday mm-hmm. because Tuesdays were the day you could go run into Lemmy at the Rainbow Room. Yep.
3: Oh, yeah, but Lemmy's gone. Yeah, yeah. I know. I yeah. missed my chance.
0: Yeah. But that, you know, then, yeah. and the, the rumor was if you went there and you sat down with Lemmy and bought him a drink, he'd talk to you. So I always wanted to go, go and do that, and I never did.
2: I did that with um, yeah. Warren Zevon. That's oh, that. That's I, that's a good conversation to have. Oh, he was a hell of a smart guy.
0: You know, I sign off well, Midnight I, Society every night with a Warren Zevon quote. Really, enjoy every sandwich.
3: Exactly. And what I like to do, I, I too bad you guys aren't around. We can hopefully be around when Willie Nelson comes back through. I can, we can have all some fun for civil. <laughs> so I'm not going to. Keep, I keep it up one hundred. So, um, did you show did you show him that video yet?
0: I have not shown him the video. No. Oh, okay,
3: but you need but you need to you need to tell you need to have imagine what to expect. Okay. I'm um, I'm sure knowing I'm...
0: Moni's, it's nothing he hasn't seen before. Oh
3: God! I know, but he's going to say something completely different. You know what I mean? Like I, what I gave when I described that to you. You I, I when this the, dress goes, is this is the dress is blue, the dress is blue.
2: It's not that kind of video. Oh, okay. No,
3: so, um, uh, if. It, it's like, I want you to, I want to tell I'll go ahead and tell you. Well, everybody's going enough to listen. Well, we, all, we only have a minute kidding.
0: left, Lamone, but we, okay. we have to go off this the air, a, so let's keep them in suspense.
3: That, that, that's on the pole, and she's, she's spinning on the pole using her buttocks, her butt cheeks. I want you to tell me what you think this girl looks like. What do you think she looks like? Can you describe it? how you imagine she would look like to have that kind of skill?
2: uh sounds music. like some other things i've seen yeah okay
3: would you like feel like maybe like Nicki minaj big 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 booty black chick <laughs> something like that you <laughs> right. think but or big, well, big, big 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 booty chick period right uh
2: no i've seen some chick with the uh, real tight oh, oh, th- th-
3: well yeah this is a family show it's, on it's a, 2020
0: yeah. we can't have this conversation on broadcast radio anymore if we, um,
3: can, if we can have this conversation now it's not it's like it's the me too movement
0: right you and remember him you're, yeah, he was, he you're defending my delicate sen- sensibilities now all right we're gonna say limone the- we're gonna say good night because we're up against the night we only, have, we only have like 40 seconds uh, wait, left
3: are you going to be on next week
0: yes we will be here
3: okay and I'll right. nice and play right. he, uh, it's like he play knows ball. I'm fading him out, and he just yell.
2: He just talks louder. <laughs> right. Climbs higher up on no, the pole.
0: No offense, Lamon, but we are literally uh, 30 seconds to go here before the end of the program. I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Whether you were listening here on WBSM or if you were listening on Midnight FM, thank you for tuning in. If you missed any portion of the show, or if you want to check out our archives, you can do so. Just look for Spooky South Coast wherever you get your podcast, and you will find us there. Thank you to Uh, Everybody that did tune in, thank you to everybody that was tweeting and emailing in during the show. Stay spooktacular.